Welcome to the Brand Ambassadors, your wide-angle look at the field of PR and what it means for your company. Your host is Merritt Hamilton Allen with co-host Gary Potterfield. Every firm has a compelling narrative that sets them apart from the crowd. In your company, you can use your own background and storytelling to your advantage as well as that of your business. Now, here are your hosts, Merritt Hamilton Allen and Gary Potterfield. Good morning and welcome to the Brand Ambassadors. I'm Merritt Hamilton Allen. Good morning. Welcome uh, to my co-host um, here every Friday, rain or shine, sleepy or no, Gary Potterfield. Wide awake here. But uh, are your arms yeah, tired? You just, you just flew in from D.C. Are your arms tired? Uh, no, actually, it's um, I it to be um, rotor wing, so I just okay. use my hair. Okay. Uh, yeah, you were quite there. It's a snowy April morning. Yeah, it was a, it was a good week. We were at uh, the Sea Air Space Symposium where we had a couple clients uh, uh, displaying and presenting, and it was all things Navy, Marine Corps, Coast Guard, and maritime. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have snow. Your enthusiasm. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm I with mean, it. I'm, hey, I'm, you're just. <laughs> I, just I just had an espresso. No, I'm. I got it going on. Don't worry about it. I'm. I'm here. I'm with. It. <laughs> All right. Well, you did. You did run a lot of audio for a lot of presentations. Uh, yeah, I did. I did. That's right. I, it's good to you know roll the sleeves up and uh, and get back into the gear once in a while. So I enjoy that. Um, and. Uh, and so, yeah, it was good, inter- interesting to watch the show. And I know we have an episode coming up where we're going to be talking in, in great detail about uh, all things, uh, all things, uh, event, events, and uh, trade shows and such. So we won't have to go into that. But there was some interesting things to see and some awful things to see <laughs> in terms of what things were. Right, think. and that's well. And our, I mean, our show topic today is being strategically realistic and i think trade shows are a great place where the river meets the road mm-hmm. yeah it uh, uh yeah that that's a fascinating um uh, i, I w- will have to wonder about um where that fall, falls into the strategic plan of those who uh who show up yep got to go to the show this year that's what we do exactly Yep. Okay. So we've got done all our vendor stuff. All right. We've got all our, our folks, our booth folks lined up. Okay. We're going to go to the show and what? Crickets. <laughs> well, yeah, go to the show and then, uh, no, it's important. You go to the show, you, uh, after the show, you, you, you have the, you know, 35, uh, business cards you, that are in your fishbowl and, uh, then you toss those out and, uh, they're in plan for next year. Well, what always amazes me is, uh, uh, you know, in a defense show, it's not like a consumer-based trade show. A defense show, uh, the sales personnel um, aren't as rigorously trained. They tend to be subject matter experts, maybe, rather than actual sales personnel. So you can go walking through an 80 by uh, 80 booth that someone spent a couple hundred thousand dollars on see look night lots of nice looking professional people look at their displays and not a single person talks to you right now, well, and maybe they just know i have no money and i'm going to make no buy decisions so i'm not strategic but uh, you know that that always that always uh, surprises me because it, it seems to me that 
um, uh, you know, you, you would never see this at an auto show. Uh, no, auto shows are a little different. But you know what? The, the shows, but, but there are some constants, big mistakes that uh, organizations make at any of these uh, trade shows where they're not really thinking through strategically or even tactically what's going on at that show and why they're there and all that kind of stuff. And that's just, uh, I think that's just a symptom of bigger problems that organizations have with regard to their planning. Oh, absolutely. And I think um, it's really easy to get wrapped around the axle on having, you know, the perfect, um, perfectly laid out, researched, pristine, long-term strategy, dial that back into annual execution plans, specific event plans, issue plans. But at while you're waiting for that perfect strategy to fall into place, you still got to be communicating. And that's where I think... Um, some organizations get too wrapped up in their process because waiting for a strategy to actually start um, executing, uh, no one has time for that in today's business cycle. And I would consider uh, anything you do in the research period when you're actively communicating is just simply evidential research. Yeah, um, so it's a it's a shame that sometimes um, I don't know over my career how many times that I've been in an organization, I'm thinking back about my Navy time, when there was someone who actually said, you know, you came in every day and said, we're executing the plan, we're executing the plan, we're executing the plan. That uh, the plan is the thing you do, and then and then it's uh, pants on fire, uh, particularly in public affairs. And then when we were in the Navy, and it was often uh, a response to it, to, uh, you know, a crisis of one sort or another, and you're not thinking planning. You're thinking I've got a, you know, I've got, I've got four reporters at my door. What am I going to do? Right. Well, yeah. On one hand, you have the completely reactive mode that um, a lot of government office uh, tend to find themselves in. But then, if you want to have a completely strategic mode, you're missing. You, you could be missing a lot while you're waiting for your strategy to fall into place. And also, um, and what I'm excited about uh, to talk about with our guest is. You've got to make sure that whoever's putting together your strategy actually understands whether you're going to be able to execute it or not. Because the perfect strategy that would work the best for your organization may not be executable. Right. And when you do it without thinking about the reality of, of what happens on a day-to-day basis, then you go, oh, this is a lovely plan. This is going to be so great. And then you, everybody comes in every day to work. And uh, yeah, we'll get to that plan uh, after we deal with all all of today's crises, and that never comes. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and you know, and, and then there's the textbook look at it, where you've got to research, you've got to plan, you've got to execute, you've got to measure. Um, that that is an ideal situation, and I think we've been able to um, execute in that mode for our, our government clients exactly zero times. <laughs> we we almost did once. <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, up up until up until the execute point, yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, I, in um, in uh, going again back to uh, our Navy times, um, you know, one of the large uh, fleet organizations I was with, I think all of them do this. You know, they had the they had the plans, you know, guys, and that's what they did all the time: plans, 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 plans. You know, planning exercises and such. And I always wondered. Because I wasn't high enough up there to know to to be uh, privy to this, 
you know, was there a cycle where you go, okay, here's the plan, then you have the exercise, and then you get the lessons learned, and then they're employed into the next plan? Is that really happening, or is it just, we did the plan, we did the exercise, here's the lesson learned, and uh, and and then next time, boy, this feels a lot like the last exercise. I don't see anything different. Well, yeah, and if the lessons if the lessons learned don't come before. Uh, uh, lessons learned don't come before the scripting for the next exercise, you miss the point. And when training schedules are that tight, that's a real problem. They should have a one of those briefing books that says, one of those books that says lessons not learned. That would be a bigger book. You know? I, yeah, yeah I, tend to, I tend to do the lessons not learned in the bar after the exercise. <laughs> right. Oh, goodness. Uh, but anyway, no, it's, you know, it's, I think it's for the three of us, for you, for Denise, for me, and for uh, those of us who've been around uh, large um, bureaucratic organizations, um, it just it drives you crazy uh, when, you, when you see how these things work out. Um, and then sometimes I think about this merit, about when we are uh, responding to uh, for proposals, requests for proposals, and, um, and they ask for these very detailed plans and we put them together, but we think, I think about, does, is this actually ever going to happen if we, if we, we do this work? <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's, and it's also hard when, when, you're, when you're building the plan in the RFP, you also have no access to the client. So you're doing what you think is best, but without any type of feedback or correction, you're really making a plan in a vacuum. So it is, it is a lot of work that uh, I think is just going to result in a lot of rework. Yeah. Um, and sometimes, yeah, it's like, it, it's like, it's like you're taking some sort of a test when you, when you do that. It's not like, this is the plan we're going to use. It's like, okay, you know, the, it's like, I feel like I'm in, I don't know, some, uh, high school class or something. I'm being tested. If I knew, if I studied, if I did the studying for the exam the night before, when you do, when you look at some of those things you have to respond to. So at any rate. Very much so. Well, I'm, I'm excited uh, to bring in uh, today's guest. Uh, Denise Dion Wilson uh, is just well-known everywhere in uh, Navy acquisition. She has uh, run communication programs for some of the most um, highly visible uh, aviation and IT and cyber programs in the Department of the Navy. She's spent more than 27 years uh, as a uh, uh, a Department of the Navy civilian. Uh, she retired as a GS-15 public affairs officer. Now we are so lucky. She's a Vox Optima senior consultant pro- uh, supporting client programs and executive communication projects. And what I love is she, she's she been the client who has the contractor cu- come in to bring her the strategy. I know. And so, and, and now she's on our side helping develop the strategy. And so I think uh, the perspective she brings from both sides of the equation is going to be a great topic today. Yep. Uh, um, uh, boy, the the story she could tell probably, and probably will. Well, so we'll be talking. Yeah, to her I hope shortly. so. Yeah. Well, it's going to be fun anyway. We look at it uh, to tap into uh, Denise's knowledge, and uh, we're going to do that in uh, in a few minutes. You're listening to the brand ambassadors, uh, Merritt Hamilton Allen, who uh, just got back into into snowy um, New Mexico, and I'm Gary Potterfield. And hey, give us a call at eight six six four seven two fifty seven ninety. You can join in the conversation or you can send us an email at brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com. And we'll be back with our guest, uh, Denise, in just a few minutes.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When business people think PR, they usually think spin. Good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. At Vox Optima, our outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom-line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit VoxOptima.com. That's VoxOptima.com. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday, 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to the brand ambassadors to reach our program today please call in to 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com now back to this week's program Welcome back to the Brand Ambassadors. I'm Merritt Hamilton Allen, joined by my co-host Gary Potterfield and this week's guest, Denise Dion Wilson. Denise, good morning. Thanks so much for joining us. Good morning. So we've we've titled the show Strategically Realistic, and we know you've uh, been on both sides of the communication strategy uh, issue. What does it mean to be strategically realistic? (laughs) Well, I sometimes chuckle at the word strategic, um, don't always get that opportunity, but um, I, I think for me, reality is, you know, just living every day, whether you're the client or, you know, for me being on both sides, but uh, realistic is your time frame 
that you have to actually build a plan. You know, typically, well, people want to plan yesterday. So, Denise, uh, for the for the for, for all the years that you were uh, you were on the government side as the uh, you know, government employee, you know how you know what percentage of your time was the plan? Uh, was there a plan that that something that you came in every day and said, "Okay, we're working the plan." I mean, what was the, how much did that even play into the day to day operation of it, the organizations you were with? You know, I don't want to say very little, but uh, the the reality is very little. Uh, you don't want to say, I but you have my, a choice. Well, if I looked at my to-do list, there was always got to write a comms plan for something, whether it was a mini plan or a or a large plan. The day to day is there that you're you're writing, you're doing social media, you're doing speeches, you're doing other things, not just writing or executing a communication plan. So, uh, and when you talk about, I think, the time period, I think it's important not just to think about how long do you have to get the plan in place, but also what's happening while you're setting up that plan, and does that shift any of the priorities for when you finally get to execute the thing? Oh, oh absolutely. Um, you know, just even in my most recent experience is, um, you know, supporting a reorganization, which was being planned during the time I was supposedly working on a plan to support it. So, you know, all the details of what I have to write about or plan to aren't even worked out yet. But the expectation is we're also building a communication plan during that time frame. I would imagine that um, in some cases that the plan itself is actually uh, counterproductive to getting things done in the office. And we're, we're, we're all worried about the plan. We're never going to really execute it, but we spend so much of our labor and our energies um, fretting over it. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, they just, it, it, it's part of their program management plan is to have a communication plan. And so, you know, they bring us in, whether it's to talk to employees or to talk to sponsors, to talk to the public, to talk to Congress, and you, you have to wonder sometimes, are you just checking a box, or are you actually going to be able to communicate whatever it is they're, they're working on? Well, you know, I, I, what I think one of my favorite uh, uh, experiences with this was hearing uh, the uh, military commander in charge of an organization say, in January, uh, you know, uh, by the beginning of next fiscal year, which would be the following October, we're going to have a 17% reduction in force of our civilian employees. And so we're kind of standing by going, all right, we're ready to, you know, build the plan on this. And it was crickets for 10 months. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes, I think sometimes there's also a specific decision not to have a plan. <laughs> yeah. To keep it, to keep information close. And, and that, of course, always hinders, you know, what you're trying to do. In, in, in that particular situation, employees want to hear what's going on. And exactly. the messaging, which is critical to any plan, there's, there's two different messages. There's the messages to the taxpayer or to Congress about what the Navy is doing in that situation. And then there's the message to employees who are worried about their jobs. Oh, exactly. And it's a, exactly. Exactly. It's a very difficult balance. 
um, the, um, there's a there's a writer that I follow, uh, uh, Nassim Taleb, and he, he he has one of his his latest book is called Skin in the Game, and his point of view is that um, the reason a lot of things don't go right, particularly in government organizations. Um, is because the people who are making decisions don't have skin in the game. In other words, there's no pain. So I would think in strategic planning, he's like, we got a plan, we got to make the plan and all this stuff. But if the plan doesn't come through and you don't have success, it you know there's a shrug, the shrugging of the shoulders, not a, wow, you know something didn't go right. So I think yeah, the, the feedback mechanism is one of the challenges, particularly in a government organization, to say, is this plan we're doing, you know, what are we learning from it? You know, is it, do we have to continue it, or, or, or as you said, Denise, is it just a check in the box? Yeah, and, and a lot of times there's such a um, a large uh, between the gap between the person who's making the plan, and there's so many different levels of the organization that the plan has to go through to get to the top, and there's so many roadblocks along the way that it either never gets to the top or the messaging and the tactics and the people who get to edit, uh, that can be very detrimental to what the plan originally set out to do and what gets delivered in the end. Well, let's say, though, uh, for, um, for interview's sake, uh, that your client has said, you know, despite their best judgment, they actually, uh, they actually want to plan. Uh, where do you tell them to start? So I would start with, let's baseline, you know, um, I would, I, if I really get the chance to speak to the person who wants it, and sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, but I try to peel it back like, okay, you want a plan. Why? And, and don't just give me, because we need to communicate, you know, peel that back like, okay, you need to communicate. Why? I would love to know up front what is the bottom line desired outcome. You know, is there a call to action? Do you need the receiver to take an action from this plan? Are you just creating awareness? You know, what are you trying to do? And I think the best successful plans start out with a very clearly defined specific purpose. Um, from there, um, if time, if there's time, I would love to conduct interviews of some kind to baseline what the perceptions are with whatever issue or situation, you know, the plan is going to support. Well, to look on the upside of things, I mean, we've been, we've been uh, kind of uh, <laughs> talking to somewhat disparagingly, uh, about, the, uh, disparagingly about the plan, uh, w- whether it's uh, realistic or not. But um, have you had success stories with a plan? And uh, maybe you can anecdotally tell us uh, of an example. You know, I, I think a, a recent one is um, would be a success story in that uh, we were working under some of these circumstances I was talking about that, you know, what I had to communicate was still being developed, right? The sausage was still being made, but I had to do a plan. But I actually had the opportunity to interview senior leaders associated with this. And what we did was we did a divide and conquer. I took the messaging and the tactics, and the person I was supporting took the front part of the plan, the objectives, the goals, the, you know, the part that um, tells you why you're going to communicate. And as we started going, everyone involved realized that the messaging was going to be the most important. And so we let that front part of the plan kind of go to the side. Um, I conducted 15 interviews, and from that, 
I had this really big Excel sheet of different answers to my questions. But it was something, it was this insight that I got to show everyone and they got to see, it wasn't anonymous either, they got to see what each other were saying and how they were responding. And um, it was really a good experience in that we came up with the messaging together. Obviously, I wrote it, but their, it was their opinions and, and sometimes their quotes that the, um, a very large message map was developed. How important is it for stakeholders to see their input and their fingerprints on the on the plan and on the messaging? In this case, it was very important because then they owned it. It wasn't a lot of times it's me just writing or trying to create, you know, something that they haven't even said. But in this case, it was extremely important because they felt a very big ownership in the plan. And then the message map was actually used. You know, when I wrote press releases, when I wrote <laughs> speeches or talking points or for all hands meetings and things like that, it, it was actually used because they remembered it was there and they had already seen it and bought into it. Is a communications plan something that is should be in the hands of everybody in the organization or at least in the public relations part of the organization? Or is it just something that is handled at the at, at the top level? Ooh, I, I would say that depends. You know, sometimes too many hands is a bad thing. Um, other times it, it's good for the buy-in. But I would really, I would think that every, you know, situation, obviously if it's a critical issue or it's a sensitive issue, then the plan is going to be close hold. If it's not, then, you know, I don't want to say the more the merrier, but to have that buy-in is very important because the last thing I want to do is create a plan that's just going to sit on the shelf collecting dust. Right. Uh, yeah, cause it seems to me, I was thinking that, you know, that you'd want your employees to come in every day and have at least the, if not as the plan for a specific issue, but the overall strategic plan for the year, let's say, or the organization um, that kind of goes to branding or something. So, um, uh, but we are coming up on a break and, um, and uh, let's see here. So uh, we, uh, we're talking about strategic planning. We're talking about being strategically realistic. And uh, we're talking with our, our guest, who is uh, one of our colleagues, Denise Dion Wilson. And you're listening to the Brand Ambassadors. And again, uh, give us a call, 866-472-5790, or send us an email at brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com. And we'll talk to you again in just a few minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When business people think PR, they usually think spin. Good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. At Vox Optima, our outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom-line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties PR 
PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit VoxOptima.com. That's VoxOptima.com. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. listening to the brand ambassadors to reach our program today please call in to 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com now back to this week's program Welcome back to the Brand Ambassadors. I'm Gary Potterfield, along with uh, host Merritt Hamilton Allen and our guest and colleague, Denise Dion Wilson. We are talking about being strategically realistic. And uh, so we've talked about the plan, uh, you know, some of the, some of the pros and cons and, and some of the challenges. Denise, what do you think are the uh, important parts that make up an effective communications plan? So to me, to be very effective... I want to craft and deliver a very lean plan. Um, I want it to be, um, you know, almost like, you know, how you have a resume. You want to, sometimes if you see somebody's resume, you don't sit down and read it word to word. You skim and look for important parts. Um, I try to deliver plans the same way. Um, no more than three pages, if at all possible. That, and maybe the three pages don't include messaging, but just very upfront, a goal, um, and get right into the themes. Um, a lot of people think, you know, defining the stakeholders are, is very important, and it is, but sometimes I think people get hung up and they start defining stakeholders, and next thing you know, you have, you know, 600 stakeholders, different names on there. Um, I exaggerate. But um, it, it, of course, is important to to know who you're talking to and to define that, but 
to be very specific that if you're going to define a stakeholder, then you should also just not name it, but um, uh, align it to an action that you need that stakeholder to either take or be aware of. And then um, really get into the tactics and... and And so, so, but it's just to face, so, so the, the tactics then really um, need to be something that either if I'm delivering it or my client can deliver. You know, don't come up with a tactic that they don't have access to. Video, for, for instance, videos are great, but do they have the budget to make a video? Just very actionable, executable tactics. And I think the tactics also have to uh, both, you know, do you have access to video production, one? And two, are your stakeholders going to stop and watch a video? Yes. Social media is a great one. Obviously, we know we need to incorporate social media into our plan. But if I'm trying to communicate to senior Navy leaders, for example, are they on Twitter? Are they on Facebook? Instagram? I I don't know, you know. I'm going to say probably not. So, you know, it just, it needs to be very very realistic. I, maybe they're reading the Washington Post and I have to get, you know, I have to get the, the information in there. I think um, maybe there's some, uh, I, I wonder if there's confusion about what is a, str- what is a strategic uh, plan and how does, it, how does it differ from a tactic? And I mean, are plans, are those the things that are just extremely at a high level and they deal with you know, overarching themes? Or are there plans that are for very something that is taking place over the next, I don't know, week, two weeks, month? I mean, where do we differentiate between something that needs a plan and is a plan and something that's just a tactic? You know, a lot of times um, I'll have several mini plans going on, which are just tactics and messaging. Um, And then, you know, the strategic part comes that if it's one organization with several mini plans, because there's several different things going on, I think the strategic part is then the overarching, well, how are you going to integrate these all so that they support each other? And that they're not fighting with each other for uh, uh, space or, you know, clip time. Um, that, to me, is sometimes this, the strategic area. Do you think sometimes the plan uh, or the guidance that drives the tactics doesn't even need to be a communication plan? It can simply be the commander's guidance or the business strategy. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I think, um, you know, strategic communications is sometimes defined as, you know, not the public relations aspect of it, but um, uh, the, the, uh, the walk, walking the talk, the, the people talking to each other, the leadership talking to each other, which isn't, you know, a press release or, you know, or, or social media. But it, like you said, the commander's guidance of what we're going to do, and then maybe a, a, the public affairs plan supports some of the the fact sheets and the the marketing outreach of it. So, uh, I mean, cause to me, ahead. I think when we, when, I, I'm sorry, I had a, I had a follow on, didn't tell you. Um, I, I think uh, if we get wrapped around the axle and uh, as communicators executing the plan, if the plan is the commander's priority is, um, uh, you know, accountability and transparency into a specific program, and that program has a major milestone coming up, that tells the 
the communicators what they need to be doing, which is, okay, if um, uh, we're, we're focusing on this, what's our story? Do we have a good story for this program? Who needs to hear this story? Um, and how can we push it out? And that, to, to me, that could be accomplished, you know, without a specific communication plan if you've got a strong communication team. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes then you get the challenge thrown in on top of that, that what you have to communicate isn't obviously always good news. Or maybe you have to communicate not meeting a milestone. And so uh, keeping the communication lines open during that entire time and not waiting to deliver the message till, you know, if, if time goes by and they haven't heard anything on a particular subject and then you have to deliver bad news, you know, that always makes uh, the situation more challenging because they, they haven't been kept up to speed with what's going on anyway. So I was wondering, in our first segment before you came on, Denise, um, we talked a little bit about the, you know, uh, the circle, you know, when you have a plan and you and then you have uh, whatever you, you execute and then uh, lessons learned and then does it get wrapped around. In your experience um, from either side, have you seen that take place where truly there is uh, the development of a plan, there is an execution, there are lessons learned, and then that is fed back into either the same plan to modify it or to the next plan. Do you see that ever happening realistically, or is that just a pipe dream? You know, I, I don't think, I, I can't recall a time where I ever went from start to finish, that to me, communication plans are always evolving. And obviously, if you have an exercise or you have an event, you know, you have an endpoint, and you can, you know, stop to do the lessons learned. Do people ever incorporate that? I you know, I can't think of one off the top of my head, unfortunately. Uh, I do have a lot of situations, though, where plans have started and you tweak them due to, you know, lessons learned in between or something that has changed. And, of course, that's always a good thing to learn from something that has already occurred or, whether, you know, good or um, if it didn't turn out as well as you thought. But I honestly can't think of a time where I had an opportunity, and I had many, many opportunities to communicate over the years, but where we started with, you know, research, and research on, the, on a particular situation, develop the plan, uh, measure it, and, and apply lessons learned. Um, I've never, ever done that, unfortunately. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to make of that. Well, I, 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 I haven't either. I think what we're talking, <laughs> yeah, and I think we're talking about a. Um, uh, I like what you said about a lean plan. I mean, this, it really does, uh, and it's got to be realistic. So you know, looking at that, where we're, uh, what's a good example of a client strategy that you've used that used simple goals, simple objectives, and led to a successful campaign? Uh, probably when I was doing air shows. You know, it's it's uh you know it's a no risk thing as far as challenges, but air shows, you know, very simple. We know where we're going to go. We know pretty much who we want to talk to, and and um, it, it's a fun atmosphere. It's uh, press releases, it's fact sheets, it's bringing people in. Um, the thing about air shows is, so a lot of times you have a static display, and you can bring people to touch and feel it. It's not this thing you're just talking about that's out there that maybe you have pictures of. It's, it's an actual tangible. Well, here it is. You see it fly. Um, so that's probably uh, the, the best small campaign that I've ever done in that. And we've done it repeatedly over time so with different air shows, but 
you know when the date is, you have a lot of work up leading to it, you have the actual event, and then you actually can look at what, what went well and, and do the same thing all over again or, or change it for the next one. So in that, in that example um, of a successful air show, I mean, was there a, what, what's the goal of the plan to, you know, is, is there a stated goal for the plan or is it pretty simple like uh, we got to do an air show, let's do an air show? I mean, or is there something that says at the end of the air show, we want X to have happened or we want, you know, so, we want to know something. Is that even a part of that kind of a plan or is it just, it's just we just need to do an air show? So in my case, it was an international air show, and you're, you know, the U.S. goes to those shows to showcase their hardware because they're selling to um, NATO-friendly countries, and so you want to show off your hardware. Um, so there is a very stated uh, case. It sounds funny you're saying you're selling the airplane, but you are. You're there with your industry partner to help um, to help sell the airplane, basically, in the simplest terms, and. You know, industry is typically flying the airplane, but the Navy or the military, the Department of Defense is there um, in, with static displays showcasing the hardware. And so the plan is um, in, I would say, brand awareness and of the capabilities. Um, so that's what I mean. It's very specific. You know, whether you're talking about radar or what it can do, um, to me, it, it was, like I said, easy in that I actually had something to showcase. And what I'm doing right now is IT. Um, that's kind of hard. <laughs> it's not really a computer. It's a system. So that, that's a little more difficult to talk about. Well, uh, we're about to uh, come to the end of this segment. We hope you'll stay uh, for the fourth segment because uh, I'd like to talk about a couple things. Um, what kind of the go-to elements are for a practical lean communication plan, and then if we've got time, maybe talk about uh, an an integrated communications approach. Um, You're listening to the Brand Ambassadors. Please give us a call at 866-472-5790 or send us an email at brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com. We want to hear about your best or your worst plans. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When business people think PR, they usually think spin. Good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. At Vox Optima, our outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom-line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit VoxOptima.com. That's VoxOptima.com. 
If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Trends in global business are changing all the time. It used to only be worrying about your competitor across the street, but now that competitor may be across the world. On Global Business with Mahesh Joshi, we discuss the trends in global business, plus issues and solutions that business leaders face today. Each show is guaranteed to teach you something that you didn't know before about global business. Listen live every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to the brand ambassadors to reach our program today please call in to 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com now back to this week's program Welcome back. We are at the uh, final segment of the Brand Ambassadors for this Friday, and uh, I'm Gary Potterfield, along with Merritt Hamilton Allen and our guest and colleague, Denise Wilson. And uh, we've been talking about strategic plans, communications plans, and uh, so we, we talk about it a lot. People talk about it a lot, um, but there uh, seems to be some confusion. Do people always know what the heck a plan is, Denise? <laughs> Oh, communications plan. Uh, you know, that term means uh, so many different things to different people. Uh, I, I would say that everybody wants a communication plan. Not everybody has the same definition. Um, I just recently had a situation supporting a client where um, they, uh, they go through monthly meetings on different project status, and um, I was invited as an optional attendee if I wanted to listen in. And so typically I'll look at the agendas and I saw on the agenda, this one particular one was um, discussion of the communication plan. I'm like, what? (laughs) I didn't do a plan for that project and I'm the only one supporting this this group. So I attended and of course it was towards the end of a very long, hour-long engineering meeting um, when that topic of the communication plan was how are they going to talk to each other during (laughs) how the project went along, you know, communication plan. And so... It wasn't my kind of communication plan or, you know, public affairs or marketing. It was them, the, 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 uh, the team members talking to each other and staying abreast of what was going on as the project commenced. So, uh, Gary, to answer your question, no, it doesn't always mean the same thing to everyone. We need a definition, darn it. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, what we were, we've been talking about what you should have in a plan, what you shouldn't have in a plan. 
I think one thing, we've called it outcome, we, we, we can call it the strategic goal, we can call it the tactical goal, we can call it a goal, but Denise, is it what we're really talking about, a call to action? Absolutely, and you know, that phrase, I don't think, you know, it's a, it's a buzzword in marketing, more so than I think than in public affairs or especially on the government side, but I, I think it's a great term, not just a buzzword, but it's a, it's a really good thing to incorporate into the plan if you can. Um, sometimes you just want maybe brand awareness, but if you can define up front that call to action and, and include it in the, in the um, not to, when I say tactics, in the actual execution of the tactics, if it's a press release, a speech, whatever, um, I think you raise the, the percentage of a successful outcome because you're actually asking someone to go do something. Perfect. I and mean, what's a good, and so what's an example of, of an effective call to action? You know, the simplest one, the simple example I can think about it would be an internal communication because a lot of times we do do communications plans to, to internally. And, you know, maybe you're changing an employee personnel system and you just need employees to go in and actually check their data or check their information or check their security settings. But, you know, uh, an example would be um, an internal release telling employees that this change is coming and then directly include, I need you to go log in, go do this, go do that, go do that. Um, I mean, that's sort of the simplest form, but we have to remember to be very specific when we're drafting whatever it is we are, whether it's a speech, press release, um, even a social media post. You know, I need you to click here and read this, you know, something like that. And again, for me, that kind of gets... I think it's... I was going to say it gets a little confusing between what is a tactic and what is what is a strategy, and uh, I was reading this uh, one of the uh, research uh, documents where um, this uh, one blogger Seth Godin said that tactics are disposable, strategy is for the long haul. I don't know if uh, you guys agree with that or think that's not accurate. I think it sounds good. I I do think it sounds good. Um, you know, you, you started your the program off with talking about the the event this past um, the trade show event, and you know some people may be just standing around in booths, but I think that's a good example of um, you know what was the call to, what was the communication plan to the people working in the booth? You know, what was their call to action? You know, maybe to go out and talk to ten people you know during the course of the show or to get 10 leads or to, you know, deliver uh, the, the messages to 30 different people. But, I mean, that's another call to action to, in a form of, a, in a, uh, for a communication plan for the booth. But then you have the long-term plan is, okay, why are you doing that? You know, what's the, what happens after you leave the show? You know, do you need... Uh, do you leave the customers that come in? Are you going to follow up and talk with them, even if it's a couple months? Are you going to invite them in to see a demo? You know, what is the long-term plan? Hey, you know, I want to steer space with um, really a social intent primarily. And um, But once I got there, I was able to figure out, okay, I need to do this, this, and this. 
I ran into some other people. I need to do this, this, and this, and I'm working my follow-up plan. You can also, you can make it up on the fly as an individual attendee, but if you're spending money on a display, uh, I think you're absolutely right. And I think, but I think it's also fair to say, if you're a subject matter expert, um, uh, Who's uh, participating? Uh, you know, who's uh, participating in a trade show booth? Maybe also what you want to do is follow presentations and follow panels and make sure you get questions answered and make sure the principals giving those speeches know you're there. That could also be mm-hmm. a call to action. Mm-hmm. Definitely, and and there, there's so much to do. There's so many opportunities to leverage at a trade show, and uh, you know, there, there's the media is there. Um, there and and it is hard to get their attention sometimes, but you know you have to try. Um, there are now trade shows, especially the ones that we were just at. You know they have, um, you know our our uh, you know industry publications. You know the defense industry publications are right there. They're there with cameras. They're doing interviews on the spot. There's a radio show being broadcast. There's so many opportunities, but you gotta you got to plan ahead of time. you got to, you know, be strategic and reach out to them ahead of time and let them know you're going to be there and what you're going to be doing. Um, it is hard at times to get their attention, but you won't get their attention if you don't try. Absolutely. And I, I, you know, I think the final note on call to action is that if you're going to look at the classic four-step communication uh, cycle, a call to action is what actually actually allows you to find, have something to measure. How many people came? How many people visited our website? That's your opportunity for metrics as well. Yeah, I love metrics. Um, and it's, I think that's probably the, um, for me, the biggest, um, not regret, but w- w- the biggest wish that was on my wish list is that I could do more measurement. But I think if I solve the measurement problem, I probably, you know, solve it for the entire public relations community. Um, I think that's a problem um, or challenge um, many PR people have is trying to get the measurement and trying to get some kind of measurement that um, it, it actually helps. It does, you know, this doesn't count impressions, but it counts um, something a little bit more effective than that. But I think behavior totally uh, counts as that, and I think we do um, a poor job of uh, acknowledging uh, uh, desired behavior as a metric. I mean, and that could be as simple as, did the program get funding? Okay, that's our metric. That's the behavior we wanted. We were successful. So um, I think measurement doesn't have to, have to be never necessarily as hard, but I think that's also a topic of a completely different show. Um, Denise, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, I, I I really uh, love the notion of let's build let's build the communication strategy or the communication plan that's achievable and will um, uh, take us forward and integrate with the organization's goals. Uh, but it's got to be real. So we're being realistically strategic, Denise. I, Dion Wilson is today. For Gary Potterfield, I'm Marin Hamilton, and this is the Brand Ambassadors. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for tuning in this week to the Brand Ambassadors. Please join Merritt Hamilton Allen and Gary Potterfield for another edition next Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.